<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, this is Pia Baranchini, and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Hello, my darlings. Welcome back. This week, we have Kristen Noel Crawley, who to me and a lot of people is an icon. She is a jewelry designer, gallery owner, and founder of KNC Beauty. You know, those charming lip and under eye masks you see on every human being on Instagram. And she now runs the KNC School of Beauty, which provides the information necessary for people to start their own businesses. Kristen grew up in Chicago and eventually made her way to Los Angeles with her husband and two young boys. Her fascination with beauty products and willingness to share them led her to become an Elle magazine contributing beauty editor. After coming across lip masks on a trip to Tokyo, she realized they tasted horrible and that they were filled with toxins. Fast forward, KNC Beauty was born. We talk beauty, duh, and the importance of networking, her journey, why she started the School of Beauty, and a lot of other really funny shit you don't want to miss. Thank you for joining me. Okay, I would love from your mouth to give everyone your background, where you came from, where you grew up. I know. I think it's important because everybody looks at you and they're like, this girl is so fly. And this is like the point of the podcast is like, you earned all of this. Yeah, I I feel like I low-key kind of manifested it, but there was never a plan. I just kind of had this vision in my head of like how I wanted my life to be or how, you know, what I wanted to do or how I wanted to dress or look or whatever. And I just kind of went for it. Um, but I'm from a small town in Illinois. Um, the town that I was born in, I'm not going to say any names. Um, <laughs> my mom still lives there, but um, the town that I was born in was like maybe 5,000, 10,000 people. Oh, wow. You know, and then we moved to a bigger kind of city, but still very small. But, you know, I grew up in the country. Like I rode, I rode horses. I had like, I've had like eight dogs in my life, you know, Mm. like that kind of thing. Like very small town girl. What did you do when you graduated high school? When I graduated high school, I wanted to get out of that town. So (laughs) I was like, how can I get out? I, I, um, basically applied for school in Los Angeles because 
my one of my best friends moved to LA and I was like, I want to go too. And so I had this this great idea that I was going to go to Cal State LA and I was going to live with my friend and all of that. But I ended up moving to LA with $250 and <laughs> suitcase. And so when I got there, I was like, I, I never went to one class. I never went to one, like anything. So, um, I just had to, I kind of had to just go right to work. I got a job waitressing at Hooters. No. Yes. <laughs> I worked at Hooters in my hometown. So they just transferred me. And That's so I worked, amazing. Yes, I worked at the Hooters on Hollywood Boulevard, oh. like right across from, uh, the wax museum, yeah. you know, like whatever that big theater is. I don't even know the name, but Man's Chinese Theater. Yeah. So I was working there for, you know, like a year or so. And I kind of like, I was already dating my husband, but it was very casual. And then we decided to get serious and I was like, fuck this. (laughs) 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 I'm going to travel the world with him, you know? How did you guys meet? We met um, through a mutual friend. When you were in Illinois and Chicago? Chicago, Yeah. yeah. We met through at a mutual friend's birthday party. You know, so you what, guys, like, you've been dating him since you were 18 years ago, 19. I was wow. when I met him. Yeah. I didn't realize. I mean, I, we always post how you've been together for so long. We didn't realize you were a child. Yeah. And what was he doing at the time? He was uh, on tour with Kanye West. So he was just like, come with me. And you just like, yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, obviously, no problem. We went to Paris. We went like everywhere. It was like the best time. It was like the time of my life. Of course, that's yeah. so amazing. So how that was like? How long was that tour? Oh, I mean, it was multiple tours. So you just did that for yeah, like a couple like, years. It was yeah, and then I had you know I had our first child. So then when I had our first child, they were in Hawaii recording uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Mm-hmm. So, and 808s and Heartbreak. No, that's what they were recording out there. So we lived out there. And so... On what we, island? Um, on Oahu. Is that why you guys went back and got married there? Yeah, we have like... So the first time that we went there, we always stayed at the Kahala Hotel. Mm-hmm. So the first time we went there on the beach, he asked me to be his girlfriend. <laughs> then I had, you know, we had our first kid. We came back to... We had Baby Don in Chicago. And then we came back to Hawaii when he was like three weeks old. So we lived there for like, you know, six months or eight months. And then we decided to get married there because we loved the island and we had a history there. And Mm -hmm. one day I would love to retire there. Yeah, that's, it's Hawaii. I talked about this with Jen Akin. Italy and Hawaii are the same in that it's really good when you're young and really good when you're older, Mm -hmm. but like not good when you're trying to like work. (laughs) Yeah, it's too far removed, I think. Yeah. Very much so. But like, I love it. And at what point did you guys decide to settle in Los Angeles? Um, We've been on and off in LA for about 10 years. His dad, my husband's dad passed away. And so we kind of, after that, there wasn't, um, we felt like that was then a good time to kind of move and start like a new chapter. Mm Mm-hmm just because, you know, we were in Chicago and he was taking care of him. And, you know, so when we moved back to L, like when he passed away, we, we kind of felt like it would be an okay 
time, you know? Yeah. You and don't then, have that responsibility anymore. Yeah. And then my husband has his clothing line like being produced out here. So it just kind of made sense. And so during that time when you were on tour, I mean, this is really how you developed your following, right? Because you're like going on tour, you're wearing these amazing clothes, like, and then like Instagram wasn't really a thing back then. Yeah. But all the people where you're like, it wasn't a thing, like you were like one of the things. And so when Instagram like did pop (laughs) off, like all that content was there, you know what I mean? True. true. I was definitely a very, very early user of Instagram. I had a Tumblr. Oh my God, I did too. And so that was like kind of like my first, you know, like not like blog or whatever, but that was kind of like the OG Instagram. You could post pictures and you could kind of do like... Well, that's all we had. That was like everything was an inspo board. Yeah. So I had a little following on there. So I think that... um, All those early things really translated to like these next step when like different platforms erupted. Like I had a WordPress yeah. And then I had a Tumblr. And then when I, I started Instagram. Word, a WordPress too. Now that I think <laughs> a blog spot or something like something. that. I remember I tried to blog when it was like in the early days. And I was like, this is too much work. If you're looking to change your diet instead of restricting what you eat, what if you nourish your body with the healthiest and most nutritious food? With Sakara, you're putting the best in your body so you can feel your best. Sakara is a nutrition-based company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. And I am currently on the five-day program. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients. They're designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get your skin glowing. The menu of creative chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, dinners changes weekly, so you'll never get bored, and it's delivered fresh anywhere in the U.S. Today I had dark chocolate granola with almond milk, and it was fabulous. It's also delivered twice during the week. So you know that you're getting the cleanest, freshest food. Along with delicious meals, Saqqara also has daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to boost nutrition. I love, love, love the detox tea. And also my favorite to boost results, try the best-selling metabolism powder, an all-natural remedy for bloating, weight gain, and fatigue. It's a chocolatey, delicious powder that I just mix with water and take anytime I feel like I'm a little bloated and need to get some things moving. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, The New York Times, and more. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash best or enter best at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash best, B-E-S-T to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash best. Hi, I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. We're the co-hosts of a podcast called A Thing or Two comes out every Monday and the basic premise is this. We share all the stuff we think more people should know about. So that's apps, recipes, books, the nationwide haagen vanilla bean shortage that nobody else was talking about. Our no perf- one. No one. <laughs> our preferred vacuum brands of which we have multiples and critical explorations of our unique approaches to paper towel usage. Listen, we think you're going to like it. A lot of people do. And who's to say you'll be any different? Listen and subscribe wherever it is you listen and subscribe to podcasts. Um, I started getting like in 2004, started getting like paid to blog about stuff. And I remember saying to everyone, like, this isn't going to go anywhere. (laughs) 
<laughs> like there's no way this is going to be like a thing. You fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the biggest blogger in the world. I know. I know, but that stuff is really, I mean, it is still it's exhausting. It's a time job. And yeah. So and at what point did you realize that you were like a beauty queen? Have you always been or like when um, did that I've really always, start? <laughs> I've always been interested in beauty and like skincare and makeup. Um, my mom was very fabulous when I was younger. So obviously I always, you know, you always look up to your mom. I have a mm-hmm. older sister that was like the coolest girl in school and she was very popular and very beautiful. And so I always kind of had those women to look up to. I personally grew up very awkward and I was like a very skinny kind of weird girl in the Midwest. And that was, that was not hot. Vibe. <laughs> I mean, that was not hot in the like late nineties, early two thousands. Like that was not the look, um, especially where I was from. So I always tried to hide my insecurities with other things like fashion Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, you can be like really thin or, or whatever. And if you have a cool outfit, people are still going to compliment you or notice you, you know? So I just try to, it's funny because I used to like drink insure. No. Hey, yes. Insure plus that had like 350 calories. I would drink, like my mom would buy me cases of them because oh I would try to wait, you know, but I just couldn't. It's just, it's just my, you know, how I'm built, but. Yeah, I just, um, I've always been interested in beauty. I think traveling with Don, that's when I first realized, oh, there's there's more out here than Dove and, you know, Cetaphil and Lactoplastima and stuff like that. And um, we when we went to Tokyo, I found that this brand called Kanebo, which is a very prestigious skincare brand, and they do double cleansing, double moisturizing, and I used that for years. And then I started posting about, on Instagram, I started posting about the products that I was using. And people really like that. And actually, um, one of my friends, Danielle Prescott, that used to write for Elle and now works at BET, she introduced me to Julie Schott, who owns mm. Starface and mm-hmm. was at that time the head editor of L, right? Of L, yeah. And she was like, hey, do you want like your own monthly beauty column on L.com? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want my own <laughs> monthly beauty column. <laughs> and so I did that for like four or five years. And that was so awesome because that's kind of how I got to, I got to know a lot of people from that. Um, I got to know a lot of editors. I got to know a lot of people in the beauty space. People that I admired, I reached out to and I was like, hey, can I cover you? Can I do an interview for, you know, L.com with like Barbara Sturm or yeah. Jen Atkin or like, you know, like, and so I got to know these people through that, built my relationships. And it wasn't anything that was ever like kind of planned in my head. It was just like, wow, these brands are awesome. I want to share it with people. Mm-hmm. And of course, having the, you know, prestigious title of like an L column, like it kind of, yeah, now people are like interested yeah. in listening. Right. It solidified me in a sense. And then, you know, after that, I, I kind of got bored with it after a few years. And then I went on to create KNC Beauty, which is, it was never a plan. It just kind of all happened. Before we get into that, because I'm so fascinated by that process, I have so many questions about like every night when I 
when I do my beauty routine, so often I think of you because obviously how, I mean, you must get sent unbelievable amounts of products, right? And like, you know, I'm lucky I get sent a lot of stuff too, but the things that I know are working, I'm like, how do I integrate a new product without fucking up my routine? And like, how do you know if it's working or not? Like, what's your, what's your process for like integrating or trying something new? I don't have sensitive skin. So I, I can really easily try something new without it breaking me out. Very rarely things will break me out. So, I mean, I just kind of, it, it's funny because in the beginning I had so much time and I feel like now I don't even have time to try products. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be like sitting on things for months, you know, and they'll be like, Hey, did you get this cleansing balm? And I'm like, Oh yeah, it's still like in the box. Like I haven't opened <laughs> it yet. But, um, for me, I kind of just throw it in. If I notice a difference in my skin, then I'll keep using it mm-hmm. like a, a, you know, a positive. If not, then I'll stop using it and I'll, I'll give it away to somebody or, you know, whatever. Yeah, like a nice little <laughs> giveaway box. Yeah. Oh, my mom and my sister are like stacked for life. My mom is such a little fucking shit. Every time a package comes, she opens it. I find an open box and whatever product is in her bathroom and she goes to bed every night without washing her face. So I'm like, what are you even doing? And I opened her cabinet the other day and it was overflowing with all these products that she doesn't use, but she likes just having it there and looking looking at it. (laughs) I have a whole shelf in my bathroom of like perfumes and like a bunch of like Dior stuff that Mm -hmm. just looks so pretty that in like my La Mer stuff like all <laughs> I know I have all my stuff yeah. displayed I too. Mean, like getting on that La Mer mailing list was, was crazy like, <laughs> well also it's crazy when you grow up admiring all this like my mom was such she sat down at her vanity and she did her own yeah. nails and she mm-hmm. but like my mom never spent money on anything like she would get like always drugstore makeup like always did That's her own nails that like, we didn't was like the top tier. And I, you know, I had to work to like pay. Like I remember I still have my Chanel blush that I got in high school because it was like a big deal that I got it. So I and think, now you work with Chanel Beauty. And it's that's like I I'm like, oh I save it all. I'm like, my daughter will have all this stuff I'm right there. So day. jealous when you had that big compact. Oh my god. Because I work with Dior Beauty, so I don't get Chanel stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a whole thing. So I was like so jealous when I saw you posting that huge compact. I'm like, how can I get this? That thing is in my closet, like displayed, and i that will be in my daughter's room one day. Oh, it's so dope. It's so cool. Um, what do you do with all this stuff that you don't want I mean there must be so much Um, of it I mean I definitely do you keep a lot of it or do you like yeah I give a lot away um I even like will send stuff to like random people on Instagram like I've had like girls hit me up and be like hey like I really you know like I really love your product the products that you post about but I can't afford them I'm like what's your address and I'll send them some stuff you know I just for me, um, if I'm not going to use something, I'll just share it with people. Yeah, you know? of course. I'm not going to just like have it sitting in my bathroom forever. So right now, what is your go-to morning and evening? Because obviously we all want to know like what you're using. Yeah. 
In the morning, I like to use the IS Clinical Cleansing Compound. It's like I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I know they're so good. Or I like I really like the Summer Fridays Amino Cleanser. That cleanser is fabulous. I have that in the IS Clinical. They're so, so good. So good. Mm-hmm. So in the morning, I like to just have a light cleanser because obviously my face isn't dirty because I you know washed it and moisturized all that and all that the night before. Um, but I do want to kind of get all that product off and start with a clean slate. So I'll, I'll cleanse with one of those. I'll usually do like a spray. So I have this brand. I don't even know the name of it, but you can get it from Whole Foods and it's just pure rose water. Oh yeah. The little pink bottle. Yeah. I'll spray that or like the Shantikai one, mm-hmm. way more expensive and luxurious, <laughs> but it's pretty much the same thing. Um, and then I'll put a moisturizer. So I also really, I'm such a fan of summer Fridays. I really like their jet lag mask. Yeah. I saw that you post yesterday that yours was empty, that you use it as a moisturizer. Yeah. Yeah, I use it as a moisturizer during the day and I'll add in the Dr. Barbara Sturm sun drops. Oh, nice. And I'll just rub that in and, you know, put on my face and then I'll do like a very light kind of makeup routine. So I really love the Giorgio Armani, um, Luminous Silk Foundation. Yeah. So sometimes I'll just do, like in the summer when I'm a little more tan, I'll just do concealer under my eyes, around my nose, and like if I have any spots. And then I'll do my La Prairie Radiant Cream Flush, which I've honestly had for like five years, and they discontinued it. Oh, no. I keep my little scrubby in the balm on a... I always, this is so bad and I shouldn't say it a lot, but I always take like little dishes from restaurants. Sometimes. So I have like a polo lounge, like, you know how you get the butter on the polo lounge dish? Yeah. Like I like put that shit in my purse and it's like oh, next Everybody to my... our thing that we steal. <laughs> I feel like everybody steals stuff. Like I literally, and I shouldn't do this either because I'll probably never be allowed into a store. But one time I took some of the napkins from the Chanel bathroom. <laughs> They're like the paper napkins, but they have the, 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 the Chanel on it. <laughs> I was like, I'm get a few of these. And I literally still have like four of them. And oh it, my God. There. It's like, what, what is wrong? With because you? when you grow up like wanting all this stuff and then you have it, it's still, you're still in your head. It's uh, like, it's going to go like, away. A $4,000 purse. But yeah. Uh, you know that you can buy those dishes at the Ralph Lauren store now. Yes. This one had like a little crack in the corner and I was like, they're not even going to notice. Like the bus boy like saw it. I was like, can I take this? Cause I was like, what do you do with like the cracked things? And he was like, Oh, we usually just throw them away. And I was like, turn around. And he like laughed. And I was like, I'm just going to take this. Cause like anytime you ask for a side that comes on that little, so there's like 45 of those little dishes on it. I was like, they're not going to miss this broken one. And brands do that. It's funny you say that because I was in New York for this LV cruise show and we had this dinner at this restaurant in Brooklyn and they had these glass. I wish I had it in right now to show you, but it's in my bar, but they had these glasses with LV etched on them. Oh, and one of the girls that like does the PR is like, what are you guys doing with these glasses? And she's like, Oh, we'll probably just throw them away. I literally, I was like, can I take some? I took a whole set of like eight. Amazing. (laughs) I think now that we're talking about this, I'm like, do I have a problem? No, I think it's when you grow up, like not having access to all this stuff. You're just like, and those events are, we didn't have shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
And those events are so wasteful too, by the way. Like I did that at the Dior um, backstage event they had. All the brushes that said tester on them that were like for girls to use. At the end of the day, I was like, what are you doing with these brushes? And they're like, oh, we'll probably have to recycle them because like people have used them. And I was like, boop, 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 boop. And I like put them in my dishwasher and washed them and I use them for masks. Wait, I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen on my Instagram those Marikami placemats? Yes. Okay, those were from the Brooklyn Museum opening. (laughs) (laughs) In like 2008. And I didn't even get them. My husband got them. But those were like the placemats. for It was a huge dinner. I didn't go with him, but it's a huge dinner and everybody had these. He said he saw, I think like Cindy Crawford take one. And he was like, oh, Cindy's taking it. And then then everybody started noticing people taking it. And there was like fights broke out. Oh my, of course. Cause they were like, we want them out over these placemats. Oh Cause my people God. didn't even realize it until they saw people sneaking out with them. But we have like a whole table setting of that. That's so funny. That's my, my mom and my grandma, I think because they were both like on each side, I think because they were both immigrants, they also have this fear of like losing things or like everything's going to go away. So my mom totally has that. Like every time we leave a thing, she's like, take that, like take that flower. Yeah, arrangement. Just take it. <laughs> take, take the flower the <laughs> Yeah, take the salt shakers. <laughs> so at what point then did you decide, okay, I'm using all these products. People respect me now. I have like a strong voice in the beauty community. Like I'm going to make my own product. Like I said, it was never really a plan. I just kind of, it just kind of happened. I went to, excuse me. I went to Tokyo with Dior actually. And it was like one of Raph's first cruise shows in Japan, which was amazing. But um, I went strolling through the city and I went into Don Quixote, which is like the target of Mm -hmm. Japan. They have everything, literally like eight floors with everything you could ever imagine. And on the top floor, they have like Birkins and Chanel bags. It's crazy. Um, But the beauty section is wild. So I went in there and I'm, Obviously, I can't read anything. I don't know what anything is. So I'm just kind of grabbing stuff that looks cool. And I see this, you know, picture with like a woman that has a little mask on her lips. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Especially coming from the Midwest, my la- my lips would get crazy chapped. Yeah, of course. I thought it was a good idea. Um, went home, tried it, liked it. But then I saw that there were like so many chemicals in it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. So I started looking for a natural version. It didn't exist. And I was like, that's when the light bulb kind of went off. Like, oh, I could make this. It's weird because I have so many ideas and I never jump on them. Um, But for some reason, that one stood out. And I just, you know, got to working. I went on like Alibaba and tried to find a manufacturer. And eventually I found one that would customize a formula, a natural formula for me. But it took me a while. Yeah, because I couldn't imagine trying to find, like, how do you even go, how do you even have an idea and then go like, oh, here's a person who can do it. Like, that seems so daunting. Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, But like, I always tell people, like, we have the best resource ever at our fingertips and that's the internet. Mm -hmm. If you really want to do something and find something, you'll, you'll find it. it. You just have to. And where is it? Where were they made? Like, how did you, what was that process like? So they're made in China. Mm -hmm. I had to find, and this was like way back when, I think now there are some manufacturers in America that make the type of 
um, gelatin mask that I use, but back then it was not, it was a new kind of technology. So we didn't have that here. I mean, well, people also need to understand that like as women who make things, it's extremely hard to find places in America that, that makes stuff. It is, stuff. yeah. Like, sorry, I mean, but... And my, my lip balm and my scrub is made in America. I, I found a lab for that because, you know, it's different than mm-hmm. a, a mask. But um, it's fine. Like, my factory is, like, LVMH certified. Like, it's very clean. And they're mm-hmm. all, you know, they follow all the protocols and everything like that. But um, it was really just building a relationship with them. I haven't had a chance to go out there. I was going to go this year to Mm -hmm. Shenzhen, but obviously I can't now. Um, But yeah, I just kind of like, I'm literally on WhatsApp with Andy, my guy, Andy from my my factory, like every night. And yeah, it was just like working with their chemist, kind of like researching what ingredients would be beneficial for the lips Mm -hmm. and you know, I, they would send me an ingredient list and I'd Google everything. And I'm like, no, take that out, take that out, replace it with this, replace it with that. And, um, yeah, it was just a trial and error, just a learning process. They're so cute. Thank you. They're so charming. And you did obviously such a good job of seeding that to all the fucking yeah. white people. Yeah. Um, that came with just having like those relationships. That's why it's, it's very important for people to, build relationships before or you know just like along the way in your journey because every person that I knew was instrumental in helping my career through Absolutely. their support. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I, we every podcast I've ever done that's always been one of the most important things that every woman says is okay. if you're nice to people along the way yeah. you never know when people are going to come back in your life or what job they're going to eventually do so if you are, and by the way, that's not, I think sometimes there can be like this negative connotation of like, oh, you're social climbing. No, networking is a no. fucking huge yeah. part of your goddamn career. And if you sit yeah. at home and you're like, why is this not happening? And blah, 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 and then it's your fault. You're triggered, Pia. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I've definitely been accused of social climbing too. And it's like, no, I'm just a nice person. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm from this, like, I just was raised differently. I've yeah. never been like, I want to be friends with this person because they're going to get me that. It's like any friendship I have has always been genuine. Um, and obviously that's reciprocated because those people will support me. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that, you know? And it's like, you can tell when someone is liked or is, you know, is a good person. I feel like how other people kind of rally around them. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. It becomes very transparent too, because there's times where you see people are like, Ugh. like <laughs> and we've had those experiences too, right? Where you just like work with someone, you're like, this isn't enjoy. Like I learned that so early on producing photo shoots. I was like, oh, like maybe this person isn't as good at doing hair, but everyone wants them on set for eight hours. Right. You know, like you and so how many masks have you sold up until this point? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Definitely millions. Crazy. Yeah. What was the moment where you were like, oh, okay, this is working? I mean, I guess when I got the call from Cassandra Gray. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause she's just like a god. I launched my brand and I just thought, I literally just thought it was going to be 
I, I did not think it would be what, what it was. stores did you launch in first or was it all direct to consumer? It was just on my website, my shitty little Shopify website. Like I had invested just enough money, like all that I had uh, into, you know, a little bit of the packaging, the mailers, like the, you know, actual product. And I just sent them out to my friends. And like I said, like everyone supported me. I had, I had a little brunch with like maybe 10 to 15 people, maybe 15 mm-hmm. to 20 actually. Um, just like, you know, people that I've known and like, you know, some famous people, some like influencers, like Sarah Riff was there and Karuchi was there and Tiana was there and Kanye was there and Kim was there. And like, it was, it was really nice. So I think that obviously that got a lot of people's attention, but I think when I got that call from Cassandra Gray, I was like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. Violet Gray is like one of the, is like the top of the top in the beauty industry mm-hmm. obviously being in, in beauty I knew that and I just never thought that my five dollar lip mask would even be a consideration for them you know what I mean it's yeah. so prestigious I, I never thought of it of marketing as a luxury brand or anything of that sort so mm-hmm. when she called me I was like hold on you know like this could be something and then And I actually just had a call with her a few weeks ago because she was basically like, how can I help your community? And I said, you know, I think just by supporting black businesses, because your support was so invaluable to me, Mm -hmm. all of the other, the Nordstrom's, the Neiman's, like the Net-A-Porter's, like they all look, the Sephora's, they all look at um, Violet Gray, you know what I mean? So like having her support was so amazing. And I'm so thankful for that. But yeah, I would say, I would say in the beginning, I kind of was shocked, but yeah, I don't know. So cool. Kind of like a pinch me kind of thing. And tell everyone about your school of beauty. The school of beauty was, it was like an idea that I had just recently because with the whole BLM movement, I'm thinking to myself, what can I do to support my industry and mm-hmm. to support black women, especially in my industry? And I've actually mentored quite a few women in the years that I've had my business. So what I wanted to do was kind of bring all of those, you know, all of that advice and all of those like tips and tricks of the trade to everyone. My whole thing is so like cool. knowledge is like should be free. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? Like I should be able to give you all of the codes and it's not going to, it's not going to hamper my business. It's not going to, you know, I just don't believe in that. Like I want to share everything with everybody. I want everybody to win. So that was, that was my, um, my purpose for that. And then we also like, I partnered with like Revlon and they were able to offer like a $10,000 grant to, one business owner. And then they also did a, a big donation to the NAACP on behalf of KNC school of beauty so that we could have free and open tuition. So, awesome. yeah, so how was, often are you doing them and how many people can sign up? We want to do three more, um, just to kind of get more in depth and cover some other topics. Um, you can, I'm sorry, what was the other question? How do you like sign up? How do you get into the school? It's, like it's well, closed. Is it closed to- now? It's closed now because we already did the first one. But when we do the next one, I'll like put the link in my bio, you know, for a few days. And then you just click the link and sign up. You literally don't have to do anything. 
And do you host this by yourself? Um, no. So I had panelists. So it's kind of like, like, I know you've probably spoke on panels before. Oh yeah. yeah. So you're just doing like a digital panel. Yeah. But the problem is that it's like usually the founder telling their story for like 30 minutes and Mm -hmm. then that's kind of it. So it's not really like you're learning a little bit, but I felt like it wasn't enough. Yeah, you know, people want to know, like, actually, what do you do every yeah. day? And like, if I want to make makeup, like, where do I go? Right. And like, what, how do I find a chemist? How do I find a lab? How do I find packaging? Like, that's the stuff that we covered, you know, how do we find investors, et cetera, et cetera. So basically what it was is like, I had three, uh, no, four actually panelists. So I had uh, Nancy Twine from Briogeo and she did Entrepreneurship 101 because she's like, has one of the biggest hair brands in the world, you know, Mm -hmm. I thought she'd be perfect for that. I did, um, the second semester was with Melissa Butler from the lip bar. Amazing. Her topic was on, um, overcoming adversity because we have so many no's. I think people don't realize like as an entrepreneur, how many times you're told no Mm -hmm. and how many times you're shot down. Obviously, the only time people talk about that is like in their memoir when they're, <laughs> when they've made it. And then, you know, then they talk about all the, the lows that they've had. But, um, I wanted to talk to her about that cause she was actually on shark tank and got, you know, denied mm-hmm. and then went on to have the best, one of the best selling lipstick brands in target. So, so cool. I thought her story was really, uh, inspirational. And then I talked to Trinity from gold which is you've probably seen it. It's like oh, you have it. So it's oh yeah, it's so chic and so it's chic. Poop and Sephora and so we talked to her about um, design, packaging, and merchandising and marketing. And then I had Shantae Lundy from Black Girl Sunscreen. She just secured a million dollar investment <gasps> during COVID. Amazing. So yeah, so she, I had her on talking about you know how to find the right investor how to, you know, like what to do, how to search out these people and then how to close the deal. It's the, it's the hardest part. And you're so right. You do hear no. I mean, my husband and I both have our own, it's all you hear no for like a year. Before. Yeah. And it's like, you just, you just been wasting my time. Mm-hmm. That's, That's, oh my God. David, I get so sensitive. He's like, why did you talk to me for so long? <laughs> And I'm like, you can't be sensitive about it. You got to keep it moving, man. Because like one day someone will say yes and then your life will change. That's so true. That is so true. You just have to keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you deal with like cancel culture? All Not that. very well. <laughs> Not very well at all. Me neither. <laughs> um, I think like I'm a, I'm a cancer. That's my Zodiac sign. And I am like the truest form of that. I am mm-hmm. very emotional. I am very, um, yeah, I just like things affect me. I'm not going to sit here and act like thing or like mean comments or like, you know, people saying like bogus shit to me doesn't affect me. I think we're all human. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've had times where I've like had to just where I've had times where I've said the wrong thing, you know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. not realizing it or kind of, you know, and then like people just like attack me and I'm like, whoa, can you guys like my whole thing with the cancel culture is like what I don't like about it is that people assume the worst of someone without that person like 
even being able to explain themselves or like what happened. Like nobody knows what is really going on. You That's know what the I mean? hardest part for me about it is it's like getting excited to see a negative thing happen to someone. And you're like, what happened to dialogue? What happened to communication? What happened to context? Yeah. Like, are you fucking serious? Really sad because you see that people really relish in someone's downfall. They love it. You know, they love it. In the midst of all this too. Yes. Yes. They're like, like, yes. They're like, fuck you. You know? And it's like, whoa. (laughs) I know. Calm down, you know, like um it's difficult because especially like I want to I want to say things, I want to speak my mind, but I'm a, I'm afraid to sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not that eloquent of a speaker. Like I'm not like I haven't had PR training or anything <laughs> like that. So like sometimes, you know, things could get misconstrued or taken the wrong way, you know, especially if you're you're writing things on text, you know. But I just try to be very very mindful now Mm -hmm. of what I say, what I post, it is a little defeating in a sense where it's like, I feel like I'm always having to tiptoe. And what you do well that nobody knows about and what's fucking awesome about you is like all the good things that you do all day long. You don't fucking talk about it. Yeah. You're like, on the low and privately doing really wonderful things for other people all the time. And so it's like, okay, cool. If we're going to use Instagram as this place that like essentially is like a fantasy for a lot of us and wonderful, like just because somebody else is vulnerable and oversharing, that's not you. So that doesn't need to be you. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've donated like tens of thousands of dollars since like COVID happened, whether it's to, you know, children or you know like I've had people I've had like literally random people hit me up and be like hey can you send me money for groceries I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah I can happen to me a lot too <laughs> yeah I'm also not the person that's going to screenshot my conversation with somebody mm-hmm. who's in their most vulnerable place and has the the strength to ask a stranger for help I'm mm-hmm. not going to put them on blast so that I can impress these people that I don't even know, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's, that's never been my goal in helping people is because it makes me feel good. And because I feel like because of the position that I'm in, I'm supposed to help people. Mm -hmm. That's Absolutely. So for me to just like, it's just not who I am to like post everything that I do, but it's also, I kind of got to figure out, I have to figure out that balance because when you don't post anything that you do, it looks like you're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, I don't know. A lot of the time you can't really win. Yeah. And then it's like, stop telling me what to do. And like, why do you like, let me just live my life. And if you don't like it, you don't need to cancel me or ruin me. Just unfollow. Right. Just keep it moving. But I think for me, I'm like, oh man, I know that I'm a really good person and I know that I'm a really nice person. Mm -hmm. So when someone is attacking my character, it really hurts me. Yeah. Same. You know, but I think me just like kind of moving up the ladder or whatever, like, you know, having growing my brand, I think I do need to be more, you know, don't respond, don't pay it any attention. It's just so hard. (laughs) I think, I think what I've learned to do, which has been really helpful is like looking at the intensity of the comment. And if you think it's someone you can have a dialogue with, like I always message people and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, like, 
do you want to get on a call or can we talk it through here? Because us having this banter publicly where we're trying to come up with the most like funny, quick witted, shitty thing to say is not dialogue. And it, it's not, I mean, literally I always say this, like the cornerstone of a fucking scholar is critical thinking. So if we're just going to go back and continue to defend how we think you're not moving forward with any sort of knowledge. Have you heard that analogy of like, you shouldn't argue with a fool because from far away, it just looks like two fools arguing. (laughs) No, that's amazing. (laughs) So I try to, I try to just keep that in mind. And I have actually reached out personally to people. Like I do it all the time. I do it unless it's like a private page, unless it's like a private, you can tell it's like, um, a zero followers, fake name, zero posts, whatever. If it's like a real person, unless they're saying some crazy racist shit to me, I will reach out to them and be like, Hey, I don't appreciate this just so you know, or this, this and that or whatever. And I've gotten great results from that. And people are like, you know, once you kind of explain your side of things, it makes a rational person be like, 95% of people will be so receptive. Yeah. Um, but then I'm also like, why do I even care? Because it hurts. I sometimes lay in bed at night and I see a comment that was made to me like four years ago in my head. I'm like, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we? But it also sucks that it, it bothers us this much. You know, it's, I don't know. I'm a Scorpio. It sits inside me. Sometimes I get so sick of just like the internet and people thinking that they know my life or they know my intentions. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, you don't even know me. I know. And that's the hard part. I feel or, or what I, what this is, no, this is what you meant. Like you don't, you don't know me at all. Crazy. Okay. Before we go, what are your top five favorite products? Beauty products. Yeah. Super bomb. Cause it's the best lip balm on the planet. It is. That scrub Um, is so good. Thank you. Summer Friday's jet lag mask. Barbara Sturm. Sun drops. Mm-hmm. They go in anything. You can put them in makeup. You can put them in moisturizer. It's a genius blush. product. It really yeah. is such a good idea. La Prairie Radiant Blush. Mm-hmm. Discontinued. <laughs> and then I would say my eyelash curler. I don't go anywhere without my eyelash curler. Yeah, it's a must. What is I there one treatment? Mask on. So my eyelashes are always pressed down when I wake up. I know I do too. I can't sleep without one of the eye masks. Is there one like skin treatment that you're like, okay, even if you don't have any money, but your skin is really bothering you, like this is what you need to do? Is it like a microderm or like a peel or a laser? Is there like one thing that you've done that you were like, fuck yes, this was worth every penny? Um. Oh my gosh. I did the Profound RF. What's that? Really expensive, but um, shout out to Dr. Ben Tali. Uh, <laughs> my best friend, uh, he has, he does this at his office and it's basically like this super intense micro needling, I think it's called. And like, mm-hmm. I think it's micro needling and like laser or something, but, um, I get it like every five years and it, it lasts that long. Yes. It lasts for like three or four years. And you usually like, it t- I just got it done like a month ago, but it takes three months to see results. It tightens your skin like crazy. Like it'll take like five years off. Of <gasps> oh like God. I'm going to look like a baby in like two months. Do you peel or anything or just all no, of a sudden you get snatched? You don't peel, but like you'll have like, 
your skin will be really rough. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have like marks from the needling on your skin, like kind of like all over it. You really only do cheeks and jawline and like neck. And you have to put this like really this like nectar it's called. You have to put this on like every night in like collodial silver. And you do that for like seven days and then your skin regenerates itself. So it's basically like regenerating the skin from the like the lowest level like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so it's like you're shedding all of that skin and like all your new cells are coming up all your collagen is being like revitalized and you know made to produce more because you're losing that those layers of skin so it's really like I don't even know the technology behind it I just know that it's amazing amazing it's really expensive (laughs) I mean it always but if something lasts five years fine yeah Good yeah. investment. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Where can people find you? Um, on Instagram. I live there. Kristen <laughs> uh, <laughs> Noel Crawley. And then my beauty brand is KNC Beauty. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Love you. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.